Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? It's Jared from The Corner Booth. Do you like living balls out? Oh, boy, do I have a spot for you. Over 200,000 customers happily agree Ballsy is the best place for men's grooming products for your man area. Free of BS chemicals like paraben and sulfate made right here in the U.S. of A. Go to Ballsy.com. Use promo code BELLYUPSPORTS, all capitals. Ballsy is an official sponsor of The Corner Booth Podcast and Belly Up Sports. You are now in the Cornwall Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Klim, alongside my amazing intern, Mr. Samir Singh. And back by popular demand is the host of the Tailgate and the Quad Pod. My, I guess one of the best friends I got in the world. Also one of the meanest. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Uh, no, I'm an asshole. Oh, yes, we know, but so am I. But I'm, you know, our we have a good balance. I guess yin and yang would definitely be the best word for it. It's been a sl- I'm not going to lie, folks. It's been a slow-ass last three weeks in sports. I mean, I actually watched soccer today, and, and the United States and Poland was not involved. I watched two minutes on the tre- – on like I was warming up on, the tr- on like the elliptical. I watched a little bit of France and Germany, which – great game, by the way. At least it was intense for at least the one I was watching it. I don't know how it's ending right now. I haven't checked in a while. But it's been very slow. We've got MLB rules. We've got – Aaron Rodgers finally makes some public comments. We've got an MLB pitcher ticked at the league. And we're talking Madden. And no, it's not me and Kevin's league that's somehow still surviving. Um, We're talking rookie ratings later in the show as well. So we're going to get rock and roll there. It's just the three of us today. No guests. Goon squad. Uh, We'll have an update on Christian Erickson as well. Uh, So let's get into it. A veteran newsman, Samir Singh. Samir, what do you got for me? What's up, guys? Oh. You know, I think we'll start off with probably the biggest news of the day. I was thinking of building up with small ones. You know, you, you could try it out through things, but we're going with the big one today. MLB, foreign substance ban. Uh, uh, just announced uh, today, new foreign substances. Anything uh, other than on the body of the picture cannot be combined with rosin. They're telling, you know, uh, sunscreen was the big one. Um, you can't combine sunscreen with rosin. They're telling players, um, pitchers, that any night game, 
games uh, indoors with a dome or games where the sun's going down, you're not allowed to apply sunscreen, which, you know, is a little weird. It's a little weird, you know, skin cancer. It's a, it's a real thing. But, uh, you know, if you're caught with these substances, then uh, it's a 10-game suspension with pay. Um, so, yeah, this is big. Uh, you know, I, it's going to be really interesting to see the reaction from a, a lot of pitchers, uh, see how they go out in their next starts, see what hitting's going to be like. But I think it's a step in the right direction for the league. I'll lead first on this. I saw something the other day. I think it was on Instagram Reels or um, TikTok. And it was talking about this guy. He's breaking down how, like, a lot of fastballs have been getting away from pitchers lately since they've been checking for substances. Like, up and into the pitcher, like, mm-hmm. their arm, arm side fastballs. And the rotation rate, we talked about this at length the last two weeks, Samir, because I know you've been all on this. I am waiting for the, like, the, the next rebound of guys are going to have to start focusing on hitting their spots better. And you're going to just see the home runs and batting averages spike. Because now you've got these guys who are chucking gems every start and there's a lot of guys who got nailed for this and a lot of good pitchers too um to grom of course because he's the perfect angel of pitching of course was not luck thankful as for us diamondbacks fans the one glowing thing in our lives right now is that zach galen was not one of the guys who got nailed for this because he's just a breaking ball guy anyway so it doesn't really matter to him um only throws about 95 if he's gunning anyway but I think the 10 games, it works. It's solid enough. It's not going to be like a backbreaker. Like if, you know, like some of these, like the PED suspensions are brutal. And I mean, I, I still think, honestly, my, my opinions on PEDs are just kind of here and there on stuff. But now, I mean, you know, they're illegal. But I mean, 10, 15 games is enough. Baseball is 162 game season. But I, don't know, I think 10 games on point. Kevin, what do you think? Uh, well, first off, batting averages will not spike because the shift is ruining baseball uh we established that yeah. Dude. last episode i was okay on. can i you're not getting into this again for this, the love can of i God. say this no okay i was watching the mets game last night and they were playing the shortstop and the second baseman both in the fucking outfield it was a five-man outfield that's all it was and i was like angry oh, okay also do you know how long they've been using the shift they were using it against ted williams and he still batted 400 in a season it's not that hard to learn how to beat the shift. But back to this rule. It's so stupid. This is the dumbest thing ever. Batters it's, can use pine tar. It's part of the game. It's been part of the game for a while. You're right. not going to let pitchers use that. It's dumb. Sunscreen. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Rob Manfred. You're pro skin cancer. Probably the only guy on earth. Ban spider tack. Make it a 25-game suspension. Because the reason it's only 10 is because... They're like, ah, we don't want to really come down hard on guys who just have sunscreen on. So don't let them use sunscreen. If they're using spider tag, then hit them with a much harder suspension. Let them use pine tar. I mean, hell, you let fucking guys use steroids for, I don't know, when steroids start to become a thing, but up until like 2004, let the pitchers have a little fun. Kev, honestly, you're on point a little bit, and you did change my answer a little bit. I think the 10-game rule is – I, I see your point where it's like it, they can't ban it for everything because if a guy just has a little rot as in that guy in with his sunscreen, what are you going to do? Like the whole pro like no sunscreen stuff on a sun going down game. That's a little dicey to Robbie boy, too. I, I just 
This whole thing seems crazy to me. The fact that you can actually get like rosin mixed with sunscreen, it becomes a grippy substance is crazy. The spider attack thing, I completely agree. That's just for de- Did that you see the video I sent you guys? Yes. Yeah, so you sent us video earlier, the spider it attack. It, it looks like if you take the cap and hold it, it's the jar yeah, still won't it's, fall. It's no, it basically absurd. modern day stick them. And I, I understand why they're pissed about it. I'm okay with that getting banned. And okay. yeah. hammering guys who still use it, but again, if there's a little sun cream in the bowl, who cares? Pine tar, it's around. What if a batter, what if a pitcher doesn't like using batting gloves for some reason and he uses a bat with pine tar? Oh, sorry, bud, you're suspended for 10 games because yeah, I mean, you want to be a better hitter. I have a feeling this is going to get tweaked again. I'm not even kidding. I think this is going to get tweaked again because you just pointed out three things that honestly are one. I know a couple hitters in the league right now who don't use batting gloves. And pitchers who don't use batting gloves, too. <sighs> Sunscreen and pine tar really don't affect the flight of the ball. Back when they were slicing the laces with fucking razor blades, yes, that is a problem. But to me, spider t- spider attack, I think, is the big thing here in using A, the substance. And also, umpires doing what they're doing now and, like, being like, all right, you got some on the ball. Like, it's just, like, maybe, I don't even know. Would you think be up for, like, an ejection if a guy gets caught with that shit? Because, I mean, I'm more okay with that than throwing a suspension at him if it's just, like, sunscreen and pine tar mixed together. Because, like, it's two substances you find on the fucking field. If it, yeah, if it's sunscreen and pine tar and you just want to eject them, I can live with that. I still think you shouldn't. But, I, I, I mean, if again, you're, like, I'm, I'm talking intentionally. I'm not, If it unintentionally mixes a little bit and he's, got, he's like, all right, whatever, fuck it, then I don't think it should be ejected. I think maybe, like, the guy's like, all right, in the, yeah. Inning washer, like do something. I don't know. Get a towel out here, just clean them up quick. Take a stop, play for a minute because it's baseball. They stop play every thirty seconds anyway. I mean the but, rosin, I, mixing it with rosin, fine. Like yeah, eject them with that. I think that I think pitchers should be allowed to use sunscreen and pine tar. Yeah, Again, I agree. It's part of so, the game that other players are allowed to use. You, I don't think you should be making rules against certain positions. Because let's say a shortstop puts some pine tar in his hands to get the ball to first faster. What? Get a better grip on the ball. Get it over there better. Why? Like, why is that allowed, but a pitcher's not? True. At least they. At least I know for a fact these guys. Like, if like we go to a mound visit, you'll see in the MLB guys, they will all grab the rosin bag to kind of get the sweat off their hands to get everything, you know. So I mean, I think there needs to be some kind of like, if you're caught with a substance that's on the ban list, yes, but like, come on, bug sc- um sunscreen, rosin. It's just it's so extreme. I need to kind of tweak it a little bit, but it's the MLB. They will. All right, so uh, this brings us, like, perfectly right into the next uh, news uh, headline here is that Tyler Glass now, star pitcher uh, for the Rays, uh, just partially tore his uh, UCL. Uh, so, and, you know, it's perfect. He just wanted a very honest rant about this foreign substance ban. Uh, apparently, he uh, only used uh, sunscreen and rosin. He would mix sunscreen and rosin for just better grip and just feel. It doesn't really, like, that's not spider tack whatsoever. Like, it doesn't make your RPMs go up. It's mostly just, like, for grip and to whatever. Um, so he tears the UCL and he says, you know, I just threw 80-something innings and you just told me I can't use anything. I have to change everything. He says a couple starts ago he stopped using sunscreen when people started getting banned um, and he started feeling sore and sore. He got taken out of the game last night against the White Sox, and now he has a torn UCL. So, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, ban, do a hard ban on Spider Tech, ten whatever games, but the other stuff, do it in the off season. 
So pitchers, or say, next season, we're changing the rules for what you can use. This year, it's fine. Spider attack, you still can't use. So they have, you know, the winter. They have spring training to get a better feel of how fast they can pitch, what kind of pitches they can still throw. So they go into the season knowing this. A mids, I hate midseason rule changes unless it's for player safety. Don't do it. It's so stupid. Yeah. Or egregious cheating, like spider tactics. Yeah. This is all, I mean, I, I feel bad for Glasgow because, you know, that name is just fun to pronounce. Uh, But it, I, I do see his point. And also, Kevin, once again, you're on point about this. The, the biggest thing to me is that there has to be a line drawn in the sand for the spider attack, and it really sucks it's to blow, blow out his UCL because that is just oh, – Tommy John surgery is just something. It's like some pitchers don't come back from it come, like the same guy. Like look at Strasburg. Strasburg had to change up his entire pitching style. It made him better, but he also had to rely more on pitching and like on actual location, breaking balls, sequence, and everything else instead of just blowing fastballs by people. So – or he could be Degrom and come back like the Terminator and just start yeeting like rockets past everybody. But I just this is going to be one of those rules where it's going to just not come off great for the first couple months. And yes, I agree, a midseason rule change is always dicey. But I mean, the fact is these are these pitchers were just every game they're like in Donaldson even said it. Oh, by the way. Samir, I saw what Michael K said in a show about Donaldson. I was like, how did he get away with saying that? Yeah, that was crazy. I want to call this dude out like on public. Oh, you want to take a shot to my ribs? Like, come on. Let's see you get in the cage there, Michael K. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just Mike. I also I can't say Michael. He's a joke. Um, But also, I love Raymond. So I, I, I took that personally. But yeah, basically, final thing on this, just it's good. This is going to nobody's going to be happy with this on either side for a while. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I So I've been watching Garrett Cole very intently since this whole thing has started, and he's looked good. Like, he stopped using, and he's still looking good, so I'm taking a deep breath. Of, first two starts. Yeah, I think every pitcher is going to – every pitcher who's using stuff is going to get shelled for their first two starts maybe after this. Even if, And I'm not saying Garrett Cole is using spider attack. Probably was given the spin rate increase, but that was a lot of guys, Trevor Bauer too. But – like any guy, if you're using anything, sunscreen, pine tar, you're not going to look good your next start because you have to not relearn, but kind of learn how to pitch again a little bit without this added benefit. So you're going to look bad coming out. It's not just Garrett Cole being a big, dirty cheater. It's not just on him. It's everyone. This is going to affect everyone who is using something. Yeah, I mean, Cole went uh, against the Twins his last start. He went six-fold, gave up two solo homers, struck out nine. Solid. Didn't he, didn't Fine. he give up five in the first start after they started talking about this, though? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the Rays, he gave up. He gave up. Yeah, he gave up five on five hits in a homer. Yeah. But we were just getting smacked by the Rays. The Rays. But that also brings up an interesting thing with Glass now gone. Can the Rays hold their lead in the AL East and they can can they still be the best team in baseball? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, it's going to be interesting. I, this is all going to be interesting. All right, what do you got next on the news brief? All right, yeah, so we're going to move into football now. Uh, this was said today by 
uh, quarterback magician Matt Nagy. He loves never showing anyone his tricks. I don't know if you guys uh, realized or saw that last year he was going, oh, I don't know who's going to be the starter like a week before week one. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But he said today to the media that there is, quote unquote, no, or he said this to Chris Collinsworth or a Collinsworth, uh, that there is, quote unquote, no chance that Justin Fields will play week one as the starting quarterback for the Bears. Kevin, take lead. So Justin Fields is probably going to start week one now, just because he <laughs> yeah, said that. that, that yeah. Because starting Andy Dalton is really dumb. Unless you think Justin Fields is that bad, he's going to get shelled and, or destroyed and ruin his confidence. But week one, yes, having Justin Fields might give you a better chance to lose the game. But having Justin Fields also is a better chance of you doing two things. He does improve your win chance. He's the kind of quarterback going in week one, he's either going to throw horribly and you're going to get blown out, or he's going to be a magician out there and win you the game. Andy Dalton, you know what you're getting. It's consistent. You might lose by three. You might win by seven. With Justin Fields, you might lose by 20. You might win by 20. You don't know. Plus also, Justin Fields will put asses in the seats. I get it's the Bears and their fans are loyal and they're probably going to have a good turnout anyway. Justin Fields will improve that to the average Bears fan who's like, I need a ticket. I completely agree with you 100%. My biggest thing is Andy Dalton is a backup. He's not a starter. He's a backup. Why did Dallas sign him? To be a backup. Like, the biggest thing to me is right now, okay, by the way, uh, as of right now, the number two selling jersey in the NFL, take a guess what it is. Fields. Justin Fields. Wow. Oh, change. The only person higher is Tim Tebow, and then, you know, it's followed by Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Najee Harris, Justin Herbert, and so this is according to sportsscatter.com, so I don't, it might be a little sketchy. I just pulled this list up real quick. Uh, number nine was Joe Burrow. Uh, huh. the artist for me, and Zach Wilson. But I have two friends who are Jets fans who already bought Zach Wilson jersey, so I can confirm that this is very okay. popular. So, so they're just doing it by player. Originally, a report, I think it was by ESPN or Fox Sports, I forget which, or NBC, it was like Tim Tebow's home jersey was number one, Tim Tebow's away jersey was number two, Justin Fields' home was three, Justin Fields' away was four, and that was like Tom Brady or something. Yeah. Um... Highest selling it's now you got NBC Sports Chicago as of May twenty eighth is third highest selling jersey, so it's behind the two Tebow jerseys. But dude dude's moving merch. And I have buddies who are Bears fans, my boy Spencer, who listens to this show every week. He's hype about Fields. He's an Ohio State guy too, so that's kind of like a hat on a hat for him. But at the same time, if I'm a Bears fan, I am ecstatic, but you're telling me Matt Nagy, whose job is literally hanging by maybe three 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 things a rope right now, not by a thread, but he's it's getting those saw blades are coming for it right now. I just it, you start Justin Fields. I mean, on tape, he is he's exciting. Clearly, that's the guy they wanted, and they went out and got him. Oh, shout out to the Giants for giving him basically a mail in for their pick. Two, what do you got to lose? You're not winning the division. Even if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to Denver or Las Vegas or Miami, there is or sits out for a year, 
There is no way in hell you're winning that division. Minnesota is a far superior team to you. I think Detroit's a better team than Chicago, if you really want my honest God opinion. Yeah, you with said Danny that last year, too. With Danny Kneecaps. So, I... It's just also, N- like... Nagy's coaching scared. Oh, he yeah. knows his job's on the line, so he's trying to make the safest decision possible. Justin Fields is so electric, they can win that division if Aaron Rodgers isn't in it. I fully agree with that. Andy sure. Dalton's not winning you a division. So, but, <laughs> again, with Justin Fields, you could either win the division or go 6-11. and 11. With Andy Dalton, you'll go 7-9, and nine, or like 9 and, not 7-9, and 7-10, or 10-7. and seven. That's going to be your wheel. That's not winning the division. Unless the AFC, or NFC North explodes. So that's the safest decision he can make right now, and that's what it's going to be for a while until they start 0-4, and, and then he's like, we'll, we got to put Fields in now. Yeah. And then he's basically coaching, knowing his job's fucked. I I don't think – I think Fields, unfortunately, is going to have to go through the same thing that Baker Mayfield went through where he's not going to have his original head coach right off the rip. I don't think Matt Nagy makes it through the season. If, if Andy Dalton – if he starts Dalton – Goes through like maybe what start this six first six seven weeks goes like oh and one and five or oh and six or one, two and four and he's not playing Justin Fields they're gonna be calling for his head not even management the the fans so I just it's just to me it's just stupid I mean Matt Nagy's trying to pit play like oh he's Mr Coy but you know Kevin's right Justin Fields is probably gonna start week one let's be honest here what's next Samir. Uh, all right. Um, we'll make this is kind of a minor little tag that I know Kevin has things to say about for sure. Um, on the first day of Dolphins mini camp, Tua uh, threw five picks. So I personally don't think it's a big deal. I think it's first day of camp. I mean, come on, first day of camp, new weapons. I mean, it's just gonna happen. I don't think it really should be that much of a big deal. But what do you guys think? Uh, it was pouring rain in Miami today. They were trying to force the ball downfield in the pouring rain. I also think two is hurt all offseason. Now, he can't throw it deep, so he was probably forcing some passes. Mm-hmm. You want him to do this day one of minicamp. You don't want him to do it week one of the regular season. Yeah. As, as not, I'm not a, I know You guys know I'm not a Tua guy, but I, I will defend Tua here because this is bullshit. One, throwing the ball deep in the rain in any sport like baseball, football, whatever, is insane by itself. Two, Kevin's right. He was injured all offseason. And honestly, in minicamp, who's not going to look a little rusty? Five picks, fine. Also, did everyone forget the Dolphins have a really good secondary? I I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if against first-teamers or not, but there's a pretty good chance if Xavier Howard was out there and, you know, Mink, uh, Mink, no, Mink is in uh, well, Pittsburgh now. Why do I think he was there? But anyway, um, they have another good safety whose name I can't remember right now. But um, either way, it's minicamp. It's pouring rain. There's no. He's probably yeah. Kevin's on point. He's probably forcing passes. I'm gonna defend too, which is scary. But I just you know this is it's fucking minicamp, guys. It's a slow news week. The NFL NFL media is bored out of their damn minds. If Tim Tebow like looks at a reporter wrong, it'll probably make it'll probably make headlines this week. Just leave the poor kid alone. I mean, I found a good he- headline story just got broken about five minutes ago. But you guys want to talk about that one? Oh, uh, thoughts on that one. I mean, Samir, you want to do the leading? I just have 
uh, A2D Radio down in Philadelphia. They're the ones who broke this, at least on my on my feed. All right. Uh, 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 <laughs> Jameer was literally about to say, I have something else first, and then. I just have a small. You want, I have a small one. I just think it's kind of a funny quote. We don't have to talk about it that much. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at the comments of this. So Panthers uh, wide receiver Robbie Anderson says there's something different with Sam Darnold in Carolina. End quote. Or quote. When I walked in the building, I could see a new energy out of him, like a glow, a charisma that didn't that I didn't really see in New York. I can definitely see the difference in him so far. End quote. And everyone in the comments just saying uh, they're they're fucking. Uh, uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is pregnant. <laughs> you know, the internet stay undefeated. Uh, also, Robbie Anderson's a weird cat to begin with. I mean, his Madden headshot is still the best thing you'll ever see in your life. It's just like his his pylon dreadless Denzel Curry dreadlocks sticking up straight. It's perfect. Um, I do think Sam Darnold's gonna do okay in Carolina. I think that. Matt, if anybody can get the best out of him, it is uh, Joe Brady and uh, Matt Rule. It's it, you know, it, and Robbie Anderson, that's his guy, man. Rob, he put Robbie on the map and got him a contract in Carolina. So I'm uh, I I buy this. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I think I think the Panthers are gonna win like six or seven, seven maybe eight games this year. They're not gonna be horrible, but I mean, then again, like they're not gonna be great either. So yeah. Yeah, I mean we'll see. It's kind of it's just kind of just a hype piece there. It's kind of it. Now we'll move on to the to the big boy, Big Daddy just shopped here. Uh, so the son of Vince Wilfork, DeAndre Holmes Wilfork, is charged with stealing and selling uh, Vince Wilfork's old Super Bowl rings. Uh, the stolen items included this is thirty thousand dollars worth of jewelry, which included two Super Bowl rings, two AFC Championship rings, a college football ring, and more and other jewelry. Kev, uh, it just can we go over the last seven years for his son DeAndre Holmes Wilfork? Uh, I kind of want to hear this now. <laughs> All right, twenty fourteen was Vince Wilfork's last year with the Patriots. Went to the Texans twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, DeAndre Holmes Wilfork told every student in his high school who had a very good football program, won a state championship in twenty thirteen. Hey. I'm not going to Texas. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to graduate from here. Uh, went to a Texas high school the year after. Committed to University of Houston to play. I think he blows a defensive back. Uh, then December 2016 was charged with a felony drug possession with 381 grams of codeine in his possession during a traffic stop. Oh, good Kicked Lord. off the University of Houston football team. And now he's arresting his or now he's getting arrested for stealing stuff from his father. Might be a step five. I think it's his father. I forget. But anyway, yeah. So DeAndre Holmes Wilfork, his life has really gone downhill. Very much so. And I think it's funny. Did he go to the same <laughs> high school as you? That's how I know. He told a bunch of people he wasn't leaving. I was like, I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like with Wilfork's kid went to your high school. Yeah. Wow. That's how, yeah. That's how I knew he was telling a bunch of people like on the football team. He wasn't going to Texas. He was going to graduate from my high school. And then he didn't. Wow, that's crazy. Insider Jeez. stuff from Mr. Kevin. Yeah. Bringing it around town. The homegrown kid. Oh, that's my God. I mean, him. we've heard stories about Will Fork from our from our friends who have worked like worked events with him, how he is as a person. I mean, I, I don't know the guy personally, but, I mean, you know, it, it, it's just kind of like 
I feel like there should have been like warning signs before this kid just starts hawking your dad's like his stepdad or dad's championship jewelry. I mean, the Patriots rings, whatever, but you sell the Miami ring. That's just disrespectful. No, greatest college team of all time. But um, I, it's, you know, another story of tra- um, kid, um, NFL parents, troubled youth who kind of just didn't get the memo. I don't know. It's just, it sucks. It's just unfortunate. Also, that so, mugshot's hysterical. Oh, yeah. No, that's 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 incredible. I, like, I do buddy, want, you're like 22, uh, 23. Why did you just shave your head like that? You're not a football player. You're not playing. Like, if you're a football player, do that fine. But I feel like if you're 23 with a clean shaven head, it just looks weird. I don't know. You d- you never know what it what it what that grown out hair looks like. You know, it could be rough. Yeah. I mean, I got buddies who I went to high school with, who I went to college with. They were just like, they would what we call it bicking, but you know, they would they would cut their hair. They would they would basically go down to the bone. But like if they did, basically they had a wonky ass hairline, some like LeBron James looking thing, but or some Carlos Boozer looking like. Dude, remember when he was when he when he painted yeah. it off? <laughs> Literally the single insane. greatest episode of Shacked and a Fool of all time. His hairline's not that bad. At least it wasn't like four or five years ago. Uh, okay. All right. So that is veteran newsman Samir Singh. Our news brief is brought to you by the amazing people at Yeats Official. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth podcast. You guys ready to talk some basketball? Absolutely. Suns and four, baby! Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we are officially a Suns podcast out here um, for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, I am totally... The second they beat LeBron and the boys, I am just... I was on the Suns bandwagon. Also, my boy Cam Johnson just trolling LeBron with his t-shirts. I sent a couple pictures to Samir. Yeah, dude's hysterical. I, uh, but, um... Devin Booker looks unstoppable, and then you also have Paul Pierce, who uh, – Paul, Paul, Chris Paul. Wow, Paul Would Pierce. be cool if Paul Pierce was still around. Uh, I don't know. He might uh, need to go run into the bathroom quick again. I, I – um, <sighs> Chris great team. Right in game four. Three Holy. turnovers. Three turnovers the entire series is unreal. Oh, Jesus. That's like, that's like 2K numbers. Yeah. On, like, easy mode. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean – a lot of people were like, oh, well, but if Jamal Murray played, if Jamal Murray played, the game goes to five, maybe six. Yeah. Yeah. He it, goes it, off it, for one game, lights him up, and that's it. It's not going to swing the series. And then Jokic getting ejected was soft. That was so stupid. So dumb. Okay. But again, it's not, it didn't change the series. It didn't change the series, but I mean, I it just wasn't, it was uncharacteristic, I think, of, of NBA officiating usually. Nah, they don't like the fact that Jokic is a star. Yeah, I don't know. But, he's a bigger, <laughs> not just height-wise. He's, he's a big guy. He's a center. They they don't like those anymore. He's not athletic. Yeah. He I, think you can't even slide, I think you can't even slide a ream of paper between that guy's feet and the ground when he jumps. It doesn't matter. You can still dunk. But, yeah, they don't like guys like that anymore. I'm surprised yeah. he won MVP. Yeah, I'm, sure. but, I'm I mean, happy. He was, kind of he, he, he was kind of like that hands down, like you can't really not pick him. 
Um, The rest of the series right now, you got 76ers, Hawks, Clippers, Jazz, and tonight's game, of course, the Bucks and Nets all squared at two and two apiece. Who do we think is going to take the 76ers, Hawks series, man? Because it's just back and forth. And I heard jokes today from Philadelphia media about ain't no way the Sixers losing to a point guard who looks who's balding. He, I, yeah, he looks balding, but Trey Young looks like somebody dropped a lollipop on a freaking uh, barbershop floor with that hair with that haircut is man. I just come on, man, you gotta see a barber. Yeah, guess what, Philadelphia media, y'all are gonna lose to a balding <laughs> point guard. Your star player is hobbled. Whether or not he plays, yeah. he does not look like the same guy on the court that we saw in the regular season. I, I think the Hawks are going to win it. Might go to seven too. games still because the 76 are a good team outside of Embiid, but Embiid would be the difference maker, and uh, the Hawks are going to win. I, I agree as well. Unless Embiid can somehow magically heal everything, it's not going to be great. I don't know. I, 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 I agree. I think the Hawks will win, but it, it did feel like Embiid kind of threw the game last night. He was just off, and, I, and he's too good for that to happen again. Yeah, but he's injured. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that knee injury could really be long-term, and, and not enough people are worrying about it. Yeah. I mean, but then again, it's the NBA. They don't care until the regular season's the playoffs are over. Um, Jazzy way, Clippers... Yeah, Kawhi caught a body last night. We didn't talk about that. Do you guys see that dunk? Jesus Christ. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's dunk the other night was incredible as well. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I saw that it was just, he chose violence. Straight up chose violence. And and the call was amazing. Uh, the the uh, A major Kawhi light. He's been holding that one in. Oh, it was yeah, I mean, everything what, about it was beautiful. He, what has he done all year, right? I mean, I mean, okay. So I guess the dunk was sick, and the Clippers got it. I just think the Jazz feel outmatched. The Clippers aren't going to win the West, but no. I feel like they're the that team that's going to just kind of sneak in, like kind of back into the West Finals because everyone like Phoenix looks like an unstoppable force. Because the only team I thought I was going to have a shot at beating L.A. besides Phoenix was Denver in the West. Because I don't, I just don't think the Clippers just really have enough, like, oomph. But I just think the Jazz are just happy to be here. And they're getting – I mean, they're putting up a fight. I just – I don't know. I got the Clippers here. I think last night's game kind of was a little, a little telling of what's going to come. I think the I... lack of an elite wing – on the Jazz is what's holding them back. I think Bogdanovich is a great scorer. Clarkson's a great scorer, great shooters. Ingles is a great shooter, but they need an elite two-way guy. That's what would make them an elite team in the West, and it's not there right now. I think the Jazz are going to win it. Wow. Okay. The Clippers are so reliant on Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, we know Kawhi can make it in the playoffs, and I'm not saying the Clippers are a bad team outside of them, but Paul George is the big question mark. For sure. Playoff P <laughs> it could go one for 24 one night, and you'll lose the game. Still the greatest He play. can even do it two nights. That's all the Jazz need. They need two wins. I can see Playoff P shutting down for two games. Also true. Also, um, 
we're forgetting Donovan Mitchell, according to Stephen A. Smith, the greatest jazz player ever. That was absurd. He just <sighs> says things to say things. Come on, yeah, Kevin's, I, favorite, Kevin's favorite player, Colin Malone, has got to be considered. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I will, no, no. John Stockton over Carl Stockton's Malone. Amazing. I love Stockton. I will never put Carl Malone near the top of any list of mine because that man is a piece of shit. Look, all right, guys, if you want to be in my top 10 of players for a franchise, right now I would probably put Stockton, Maravich, Mitchell, um, someone else, and then maybe Matt Malone. Bonner. Matt Bonner and then Malone. If, look, all right, here's a little <laughs> insight. If you want to be in my top of my – if you want to be in the top of my list – don't knock up a 13-year-old at the age of 22 and then deny that it was yours and, like, refuse to pay child support payments. There are multiple didn't things wrong with that. Didn't he do that until the kid made it to the NFL and then he tried to, like, come back? This is what I heard. Probably. That would very much fit. No, it was – she was in the – I thought it was the W the, – his girl daughter was in the WNBA. I thought that was the one. Oh, maybe that was it. I don't know. She was on the 4 shock team that won the – uh that won the title, and they were. I remember seeing the article when I was a kid in SI for kids about how Hall of Fame father, how like elite daughter. I was like, and now I'm starting to see two and two together. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, let's see. He because like at that point he was 36 or 37, she was 22, so that kind of or not 18. I, I don't even know. It like it tracks. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, let me see. So, yeah, no, uh, it, Samir was right. Uh, it was Demetrius Bell who played uh, Northwestern State in Louisiana. Seventh round pick for the Bills in 2008, played for the Eagles in 2012. He was oh, on the Bills from 08 to 11. Eagles 2012, Cowboys 2013, practice squad or offseason because he was one of these. But, yeah, no. So his mother was 13 when he was right. born. And a paternity lawsuit against Carl Malone reportedly pointed to an over 99% probability that Bell's father was either Malone or a brother of Malone, uh, refused to respond to the lawsuit, reach an out-of-court settlement, single lump sum payment of a confidential amount with no child support after. Hey. Oh, he was 20, not 22. Sorry. Uh, Family didn't sue him. Uh, did not know who his father was until after he graduated high school. Um, I'm reading to see. So, yeah, he spoke to Carl Malone once when he was 18. And Carl Malone said that he would have to make his way on his own. Because it was oh too my God. late for the two to have a father-son relationship. Relationship. Uh, began to mend their relationship around 2014 and 2018. Bell said that he and Malone talk in text nearly every day after going on a hunting trip together in a close relationship. I didn't handle it right. I was wrong. Uh, Malone said, I didn't handle it right. I was wrong. Father Time's the biggest thief out there, and you can't get it back. Hey. Uh, and he's close with his two uncles slash fathers because they're – they might – wait – Older twins of Malone. Okay, so yeah, so the, sorry, kids. They were older kids of Malone. I read that wrong. So he's close to them. So yeah, Carl Malone's probably his father. Like, 
99. It, it said 99%. Malone's or a brother, it's probably Malone's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know one of Malone's older, one of Malone's actual kids, like the ones he actually claims. Um, That's what I meant by that. Um, I know one of them played in the WBA. I can't remember what the other one did, but um, yeah. Just this. We went, we uh, went 20 Cheryl minutes. Ford we, played in the WNBA. Yeah, Three-time WNBA champion. Four-time WNBA All-Star, two-time All-WNBA Second Team, WNBA All-Star Game MVP, WNBA Rookie of the Year, two-time WNBA Rebounding Champion. There you go. All right, final game of the night. This one is tonight's game. I'm going to actually watch this intently. Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I got to give Milwaukee some credit because – Walking into the series pre-Harden and Kyrie injuries, I was like, oh, this is going to get ugly. I mean, I was giving a lot of credit for knocking the snot out of Miami. <laughs> Poor Cruz. Um, but I was like, okay, Brooklyn's going to buzzsaw him. It's going to be not close. And they're just fighting like a demon to keep this game alive. And also, shout to P.J. Tucker just being a thorn in KD's side. I love it. I mean, I, I we're a, K, a pro KD podcast because of him crapping on Rappaport, obviously. But, you know, I love P.J. Tucker, man, for sneaker closet alone, but also for this. It's just great to watch. Also, I I, I have buddy, I have one of my best friends is a Nets fan, but he's been a Nets fan since like the Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin days. It's so, you know. Uh, like, you know, just putting that out there before I say this, but like, I just, I can't, I almost want Milwaukee to win just because I just want the death of all super teams. I'm sorry. I just do it. I mean, LA is falling apart. It's great. The Clippers can't get their shit together. Awesome. Last one's Brooklyn. Super teams will exist the way the current NBA salary cap set up. It doesn't matter. Um, But mm, Bucks and Sets. That'd be amazing. Would love it. I'll say just because they still have the best score on the planet, Bucks and seven. Um, that's James Harden's going to be hobbled. He's probable, but trying to play. That does not yeah. instill confidence in me in James Harden. Yeah, he can still shoot threes probably, but and Blake Griffin is going to Blake Griffin's going to be the problem because I know we're a pro KD podcast. I like him putting Rappaport in a locker, but KD's still soft. PJ Tucker's probably in his head. Oh, definitely. Is. So. KD is going to be a little shaky tonight, probably, or the next game. And so, yeah, Bucks and Six. Fair enough. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. Now, this is the main event, folks. Uh, we were talking about this pre-show. Of course, you know, we just, we're not going to do all, like, 200-plus rookies. It's not. That's just not fair to you guys, not fair to us. It's just too drooling. <laughs> but we are going to do the top... 32 rookies in this year, like the first round, they're Madden rankings. We're going to break them down. Today, we are doing 16 through 1, and on our live stream Thursday is going to be part 2. We'll do um, 17 through 32. So 16. I thought that'd be better. Yeah, we'll do 16. Also, though, this has a sponsor. Ah, who is the sponsor? Because we're doing a giveaway contest with this. Oh, hell yeah. So, here are rankings. Drop Two rookies that act three. We're going to go three. Pick three rookies, predict what their Madden ratings will be. Whoever gets the most right, not the closest. So if you get one right and everyone else is one point off on theirs, you win. You get this lovely 
Manscaped, the ultra smooth package, which comes with a crop exfoliator, crop gel, and a razor with five replacement blades for that lucky man, lady, they, them in your life. You got to look good down there. Manscaped will do it for you. And look, even if you don't win it, go to manscaped.com, code BELLYUPFANTASY, all capitals. You can get, I believe it's 20% off and free shipping last I checked. It is 20% off. 20% off. So even if you don't win, you, you can still win with Manscaped and Belly Up Sports. Yeah, it's a steal. I love we're, we're we're swinging big for the we're, we're swinging big for our giveaway, Samir. I think you got to make sure this is our uh, our clip for this week. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I feel like a NASCAR car today. We got a lot of sponsorships going. Yeah, I know, right? We also are sponsored by those great folks at Ballsy as well. Promo code Corner Booth for fifteen uh, percent. Yeah, yeah. How about this? You shave your balls and then you clean them. Bang bang. One two punch. <laughs> And then you wear some good sunglasses while you're at it, sponsored by Yeats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those sunglasses are clean, and then when someone goes, uh, does the carbon match the drapes, you go, yeah, baby. Exactly. <laughs> also, I would usually say, you know, you got to be careful wearing sunglasses while uh, shaving down there. Manscaped, ball safe tech or skin safe technology in the lawnmower. LED uh, light, too, by the way. So, yeah, so, yeah, where you eat, shave your balls, it's a good time. It sounds like a great Friday night. <laughs> there we go. All right, so we're going to start off. Who do you guys want to start off with first for uh, Madden rankings? You want to go to number one with Lawrence, obviously? Yeah. All right, so first off, Sunshine. First pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars was Trevor Lawrence. College World Player of the Year 2018. Who was his ranking? I don't know. I think I'm at 82. I'm going – I was going to say 81 or 82. I'm going to go 82. Yeah. You guys are going to notice I go high on a lot of these. I'm going 84. I think Madden's yeah, going to – they're going to kiss his ass. I just – I feel like he's going to be the, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in a while because he's the QB messiah. He's the best quarterback they've evaluated since Andrew Luck. They might even go as high as 85. They I will just, not go I, as high as 85. True. It's, it's I think 84 is a stretch because Andrew Luck – is the highest rated rookie quarterback in Madden history. And he was an 84 and they've been rating rookies lower and lower as time's gone on. You have to be a generational talent to be 81. I think Trevor Lawrence is a little better. So I think they're going to go 82. I'll still stick with my 84 just because I always go high on these anyway, but you have a very good point there. Number two, Zachary Wilson, quarterback of the Jets out of BYU. Hey, uh, it's 77. Really? 74. I'm saying 74. I'm going to go we, 75. We are very low on Zach Wilson. We are some of the only people low on Zach Wilson. Because we're smart. I guess. So I think Madden's going to give him a pretty good rating of 77. I. They also, right. remember, these Madden ratings adjusters go to these practices, too, in training camps and uh, preseason games. So I think that uh, even mini camps, I think these guys go to as well. So I, I think 75. Also, Wilson's going. reportedly looked good in minicamp. Fair enough. Also, wholehearted, 75, 76 of the highest. I just don't. I think he's going to be good, but I think, yeah, I just, yeah. All right. Trey Lance, number three pick to the San Francisco 49ers and North Dakota State quarterback. Kevin. 71. 71. I was going to say 73. 
I'll go with my with, with my longtime co-host here, 71. I honestly believe that his arm strength is going to be great. Mobility is going to be great. He's going to have an absurdly high truck rating for a quarterback. Not Cam Newton high, but high enough. But the accuracy awareness, they're going to knock him in like all the the nitty like the nitty gritty stats on Madden. So I think 71 is a pretty solid spot. Kyle Pitts. This is, I think, the highest rated rookie in the entire class. Kyle Pitts out of Florida, tight end slash receiver for the Falcons. I have him as an 85. I'm going to say this. Well, that's just stupid. I know. I don't think it's stupid because he's a freak. You think Mab's going to give him an 85? Yes. I think they're going to they're going to make this kid like the, the freak talent that he is. At the lowest, they'll give him an 83. 82. I only say this because they rate pass catching stats so much higher for tight ends than they do blocking stats. Yeah, Madden. they're going to find ways to knock him. They're not giving him an 85. They do not give rookies 85s. I, I'm, I'm going to go 83. I think he's going to have, like, he's going to have the speed gives a, a big boost for the overall. And I think he'll have, like, a high a spectacular catch and high that kind of stuff. High, of course, strength. Contested and catch, and, jumping. Yeah. 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 What do you guys think his speed rating is going to be? Bonus run. Uh, 87, maybe. I was going to oh, go, like, going- 88, 89. I'm going to give him, because it's a 4-4, four, four, I'm going to give him a 91. They're yeah. going to go full Vernon Davis on this. They're going to, like, like jack this kid's speed up. Speaking of guys with weird speed rankings, number five, Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase. I'll take lead in this. They're going to give him a high rank for a receiver. I'm going to give him, like, a 77. I was going to go 78. Yeah, I was also going to say 78. I think... I think they're going to rank him. I think Jamar Chase, people are going to he's he's going to have the opposite effect of Justin Jefferson where he's going to start off slow and then get better as the year goes on. Whereas with Jamar uh Justin Jefferson, he started off fast as hell and then slowed down a little bit. I think Jamar Chase is going to be a very talented receiver. I just think that that 40 time like everyone else's was fake as hell. So he's going to be like an 898 8, a 90s max speed by the end of the year. He's going to be a good player, though, I think, 77, because he's just such, so good with everything else. The breakaway speed ain't there, but he's just a better receiver on most parts of the ball. Speaking of receivers, number six to the Miami Dolphins, Tua's newest weapon, Mr. Waddle out of Alabama. Kevin, what do you take your speedster from uh, T- Tuscaloosa? 79. Ooh, okay. They're going to give him, like, 98, 97 speed. 96 acceleration. His punt and kick return stats are going to be phenomenal. His release is going to be good. It's His route running is going to be good. He is. People forget just how good Jalen Waddell is because he was injured for most of last year. Oh, Devontae oh no. Smith I, wasn't the number one receiver early in the year on that Alabama team. Jalen Waddell is a very good player. He's going to be rated very highly. Uh, I love Jalen Waddell a lot. I don't get why he's getting all this bust, bust hate right now. I'm seeing a lot of blogs and I'm seeing a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know about Waddle. I'm like, I would be more scared for Jamar Chase's career than I would for Waddle because at least Waddle went to a good organization where Chase got sent to oh, Cincinnati. Um, number seven, Panay. Oh, wait, no, Samir, you didn't do yours yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to go even higher. I was going to say 80. I think he's the most impressive wide receiver out of this class to be quite honest and i think uh, a speedy guy with great hands and explosivity is rated higher than a physical guy like chase yeah i'll agree with that um they do rank any kind of catching stats super high though which i find interesting um 
it's all the other stuff. Speed and acceleration don't really count towards being a receiver as much as you think. They're weighted more towards catching. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, good uh, thing Jalen Waddle's hands, too. Oh, yeah, no. You know, I love Jalen Waddle's tape, and I loved his tape before the se- last season even started. So it was really sad when he, you know, hurt, got hurt. But number seven to Danny Kneecaps and the Detroit Lions. Panay Sewell, tackle Oregon. I'm going to go high 70s. I'm thinking 78 or 79. This kid... He's a freak athlete his position, can play multiple positions, and they have him rated as such. Yeah. I'm going to go 79 again. I I would – I'll go – I think 77. I don't think that they give a lot of uh, offensive tackles a huge amount of hype. I think that's just kind of like they're just going to – they kind of mail it in and kind of make them like average. Like I remember, I know Andrew Thomas is not Penny Sewell, but I remember Andrew Thomas started off like 74 or so, which for like a high pick is like, it's just like modest. I, I don't think they're going to give like any crazy freak athlete uh, stats to a, a offensive lineman just yet. Fair. All right. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers first corner off the board, Mr. JC Horn. I'm going to take lead in this one. I think they're giving a 77, 76. Man-to-man coverage is, is great. Physicality is great. Good speed. Pretty good hands. Zone coverage is a little shaky. Definitely played a lot of man-to-man in um in South Carolina. I think they're going to give him a higher – I think he's still going to be the highest-rate corner on the board for them and for Madden. They're going to give him the, the bump over Sertan because I think him and Sertan are neck-and-neck, neck, but just because J.C. Horn's drafted higher, they'll give him like maybe one notch higher than Sertan just because he got drafted higher. Because Madden would do something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Horn just signed his rookie contract today, by the way. Yeah. I would say... 76 for Horn. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say 75. Just kind of... Once again, with... I think uh, with a corner... Like, uh, it's interesting to see, like, cornerbacks and offensive linemen are real interesting. Just because it's hard to give those positions, like high touted highly touted numbers off the bat because you know you never know how uh, offensive lineman is going to go against a defensive lineman and how a corner is going to go against nfl wide receivers those are just such huge jumps i don't know it's a huge jump everywhere but those are ones that are hard to gauge i think any also any of those positions where it's a harder uh leap of faith i guess from college to pros it's always hard to kind of judge how good they're going to be because we really didn't think about was 2017 the best cornerback rookie the first year was Marcus Lattimore. So, I mean, and, you know, everyone thought Malik Hooker was going to be better. Everyone thought it's it's hard. Marshawn Lattimore, I mean. So, it's going to be it's always hard to judge corners every year, especially in the first round. But um, Patrick Sertan, Alabama, Denver Broncos, number nine. I'm going to say – I said Jason was going to get about 77, so I'm going to give him a 76. I think the only thing that Sertan's going to lack in this is the ball skills ability, but he's probably going to have like a 40 catching rating. But besides that, I mean, he's a pretty solid corner. I think J.C. Horn might have like a higher development trait than Sertan will. So like Horn might get like superstar and Sertan might get a star dev. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Sertan is – I know Sertan's good, uh, but he's not one of those prospects like where it's like, oh, this guy's a home run. 
this guy. So I'm saying 73, 74. I only give it, I give it like the, his seal. He's more ready to go now than Horn. Like Horn has a very high ceiling. So his rating should be higher. Yes. Well, no, or at least similar. I think they're going to reward his top end stuff. I don't know. Um, Patrick Sertan, 78. Okay. I'm, I don't hate he that. He has right? more interceptions than, than J.C. Horn did. Uh, he's bigger than J.C. Horn. Not quite as fast. Uh, J.C. Horn ran a 4.37. Sertan ran a 4.42. Uh, Sertan is stronger. His press coverage is going to be better. His man coverage is not going to be better. But Sertan is an athletic freak. So I, he's going to be rated higher than J.C. Horn going into it. Um, do you think he's going to get more playing time? Because the Broncos do have a very crowded defensive back room right now. Yeah, but their DB room's not great. They have a lot of good players. It's just like... Yeah, it's, but if, if it was that good, they wouldn't have spent the 10th overall pick on a cornerback. It's also Denver. So, I mean... all right. Yeah, so they would have taken a, the tallest quarterback in the class. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who was the tallest. Besides Trevor Lawrence, who was the tallest? <laughs> Kevin's going to look that up as we go to the number 10th pick to my Philadelphia Eagles, the Slim Reaper himself, Devontae Smith. Also, by the way, low-key, one of the, my favorite suits of the draft. I loved the like the, the plaid getup. I thought that was dope. Um, I'm going to give Smith a 76. I was going to say 76, too. He's going to have... Stupid high route running ratings and hands. I think the speed is going to get like mid 90s. Kevin, what do you think? 94, 95 for speed? No. Higher? No. Lower? 89. They're going to give they're going to give him an average speed. He's going to be a 92, 93. Yeah, 89. What is he? Samir, your speed ratings are off today. Who did I who did I talk about speed rating? I said Pitts. You said, I have... you said Kyle Pitts was gonna get like a 87. I'm like he ran a 4.4 at 260. He's gonna get rated pretty high for his speed rating. I guess I just I'm kind of I, I would say I'm strict also, with rookies. I also watch speed has no idea is no definition to me if they're a rookie or not. If they're fast, they're fast. But I think Smith's gonna get about a 93, 94 speed rating. The acceleration gonna be pretty good as well. But his 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 cuts, his route running, his hands gonna be all great. Uh, yeah. contested catch is going to be good as well. He's going to have really good, solid stats. Uh, so he's going to be right behind Waddle and Chase. They're all going to be really neck and neck. It's those three, and then it's about 50 feet of shit before the rest of the receivers in my book. So. I mean, I like Bateman, but it's just going to be, I don't think he'll be rated highly with Lamar throwing to him. I just think like, <laughs> I'll be completely start. honest. We're going to be started on that. All right. Yeah. The man we talked about at length for about 20 minutes earlier in the show, Mr. Justin Fields at 11 to the Bears. Samir? Uh, I, 79. I was thinking 80, but it's, if he, if he doesn't get the starting job or whatever, then it's (laughs) just like. space is priceless right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know. Oh, man, Kevin, speak your piece. 73. I was going to say 72, so, but yeah, I'm in the wow. same range. Yeah, he, he's fast, and he's going to be the fastest quarterback in this class. He's going to have the best acceleration. He's going to have the best agility. His arm doesn't wow you. He doesn't have a bad arm. I'm not saying that, but he, he doesn't have the best arm in the class. He's not the most accurate in the class. He's going to have, like, 73. They also, as you get later in the class, I don't care if you have 
Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Johnny Unitas as your top four quarterbacks, if one of them's taken at 11, they're not giving them a high grade. That's just what Madden does. They put way too much stock in where you were drafted, not the kind of player you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's, but unless I, there's, like, certain exceptions where, you know, like, if a guy has a skill set that is broken and, like, you can see it on tape, then they might give him a little more points for that. But generally, Kevin is right there. They really value the draft per, draft point way higher than they should. But Especially I think being the fourth quarterback off the board. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that as we go on in camp, I think we're going to see Justin Fields look better and better and Andy Dalton look worse and worse and worse. And I think those things will. I, I do think he'll be rated higher. Dan Andy Dalton, I think it's going to be funny, like the week one, like live roster updates, where it's Andy Dalton's quarterback one with a 71, and then you have Justin Fields as like a 74. Yeah. Honestly, I could see a, a Russell Wilson-Matt Flynn situation happening where like they're hell-bent on making him sit, and then he just beats him out in camp because like we can't like not ignore, we can't ignore this. Yeah. I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be Russell Wilson, but I'm saying it's going to be a similar situation where like, they have the veteran who has the experience, but he's not going to be ready to go. Where with, you know, Justin Fields, who just might just wild in the camp. Because, I mean, there's something to be said about a guy who runs a 4-4 who can literally get out of traffic and throw a ball off his back foot and hit the target half 86% of the time. So, I think Fields is going to be a low 70 to start, but it's going to go up. I think he's going to be a solid pro, honestly. I don't think he's going to be, like, an elite player, but he's going to be a good player. At least a solid quarterback. 13 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Holy crap, I pronounced that right. Uh, usually I say San Diego. Rashawn Slater, tackle from Northwestern. I still think he is the best tackle in this class. Pure tackle We're just skipping class. 12. Oh, wow. Holy crap, I missed Michael Parsons. I am losing You even my- said the right number. You didn't say 12, Rachel. You said 13. So you just skipped Michael Parsons entirely. Yeah, I accidentally went that fast on my screen. So number 12 to the Dallas Cowboys, as I have had my first brain fart of the episode, Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, they're going to rate him high. They're going to think he's the next yeah. Devin, Devin White. They're going to throw like a probably 78 rating at him. I was going to go. I was going to say, I was going to say 76. So well, there you go. Boom, boom, boom. We're all high 70s. I think they're going to throw him like superstar X factor dev. Like they're going to slap this kid with yeah. everything possible to be good even though i think he's the third best linebacker in this class uh um, cowboys hype the cowboys hype. oh yeah obviously i think uh joker and zavin collins are better linebackers but what do you what do you what are you gonna do um uh, kevin you said what 77 76 77 77 all right uh number 13 finally slater chargers i think the best pure tackle in the class physicality and blocking wise I'm going to throw him there. We all set our high 70s for Sewell. I think he's going to be right behind like a, a mid to high 70s, so like 77, 76. I was going to go 75. Uh, yeah, I was going to go 74 probably. Wow. Well, just because it's going to be like my same kind of thing with uh, like offensive linemen. It's kind of just like a tough call. And I think that like, and you take draft pedigree into account. He's going 13th. I don't know. I mean, he's also the strongest law offensive lineman in the draft. So, I mean, or like at least he, like, he has the lifting videos. I think they'll give him a little more like in the strength category and blocking strength. Mm, the lifting videos. Hey, the lifting videos. Oh, my dude, God. The 500 pounds front squat was like, oh, gee, or like 300, whatever it was. It was like broken as hell. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think Schlater's gonna be a mid to uh, like a mid to high seventies. I think he's gonna he's gonna be a solid tackle. So I'm not. I, I don't think he's gonna be. An I issue. think he's gonna be very good. Oh yeah. Um. Then at number fourteen, the Jets' second pick, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, the first interior lineman off the board. I love this kid. I love him personally. I don't think Madden's gonna give him as much love. I think they're gonna throw like a seventy-four at him. With a high dev grade, I think they're going to be like, all right, this kid's a little raw. He's in her, but inner positions, but he's the best guard off the board. So I think they're getting like, I think they're kind of banking he might be like a Quentin Nelson type. So they're going to give him maybe a mid seventies rating at best, like seventy four. Seventy one. I was going to say seventy two. Okay. I, I yeah. don't hate those at all. They don't like guards. They don't sure. like rookie guards. I think. Well, I think wasn't. Um, I think I think uh, Quentin Nelson's rookie rating was like stupid low, it was like a 72 or something like that, or something like that. I don't even know. It's been a minute. Zach Collins is low. I remember Madden 13 or whenever it was. 15 to the Al- from Alabama to the New England Patriots. The happiest moment of Kevin Lang, one of the happiest moments of Kevin's 2021 20, year. Mac Jones. The moment that Cruz Oxen Rider officially checked out of the building. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you're taking the lead. What do you think Mac Attack's going to get rated? I think they're going to loan him. I'm going like a 90, 91 <laughs> rating. No. Um, <laughs> 70, 71. I was going to say 71, too. I think uh, they might give him a 72 if, the, if he beats out Cam, which he I might. I don't pick. think so. Cam looks so bad in practice in OT. I think they're going to give Cam a lower number. I think they're going to give him like a. They might give him the same grade. Uh, Mac Jones, not the most athletic quarterback in the class, so he's probably going to have. I think they're going to give him a lower speed rating than he should. And when I say that, I mean they're going to give him like a 69 as opposed to like a 74 speed rating. I can see that. Um, they're going to give him high awareness, high accuracy. They're going to do him dirty with the arm strength. Oh yeah. His arm is better than people are saying, like, oh, Cam New- or Mac Jones doesn't have an arm. He has a decent arm. He just never had to throw it deep because the guys were open by about the 20-yard line. And he also, even then, yeah, he doesn't have, like, a Patrick Mahomes arm. Not many guys in the NFL do. He has a Nick Foles arm to me. Which isn't bad. Nick Foles had a cannon. But, like, he's not going to throw the ball through a scoreboard, but he's going to get it across the field. Which is probably a good thing because he doesn't have any fucking receivers who can get open that deep. True. Samir, what do you think? I was going to say clean. I was going to say clean 70. I mean, sorry, I was cutting out there for a sec, but I was going to say clean 70. Uh, I don't think like I think they'll underrate his athleticism because I think he runs really well. But I just think that like the optics will make them rate him differently. But I think you'll have good like. You know, like, uh, what's it, pocket presence and whatever. I think he'll be solid. Uh, right. They're also going to give him a low dev rate. I, uh, I don't know. I I don't know what his dev rate's going to be because he did Stop. very well in, at Alabama in one year, but they might go, well, yeah, it was one year. We're not yeah. going to give him, like, a star or anything. I mean, I, I can see him throwing a star dev. I don't know. It depends on how he does, like, next couple weeks for OTAs and everything. All right. Zayvon Collins, the last one of the night for us, uh, linebacker from Tulsa, the Chuck Bederick Award winner, and the Bron- Bronco Nagar- 
Nagurski trophy winner. Yeah, Nagurski. Nagurski winner from 2020, like arguably one of the best linebackers in the nation. Had a freak coverage rating, which I thought was hysterical for how big he is. He's six foot six. Um, I'm going to throw a 75. They're going to rate him low because he's a mid-round pick, but I think he's the best linebacker in this class. He's not a mid-round pick. He's a mid-first-round pick. Mid-first-round, mid so, I meant to say. I'm only correcting you because those are very different things. I Oh, I know. I know. I said, I'm like, wait, that feels wrong. Okay, yeah, Kevin got me. All right. Yeah, I think uh, also, 75. But high dev. I don't know about high dev, but I I agree with the 75. That's actually what I was going to say. Um, I think they're going to rate him lower. I'm not saying he should be anything crazy. But they're going to rate him a little lower because he's a small school guy. If you're not a generational talent at a small school, they're not going to rank you fairly, I feel. I feel like you're going to be a couple points lower. So, yeah, 75, I think, is fair. I think he should be a 77. I, yeah, I was just, 78. Go. I was going to say 76. But that – okay, then I'll switch my Micah Parsons to 77 because I had Micah at 76 also. But I, I think Xavier Collins also deserved – I he's I like him better than Micah Parsons. I think he's really good, very really good, and he can I do more Micah, things than Micah Parsons. I think I think he's more versatile, which which would bump up his uh his you know grade. That's why it has a I think he has a high baseline because he can do a lot of things well. I think the problem is with Micah Parsons is that everyone's overhyping his coverage ability and it's gonna burn he, him. Yeah, up. it's not good. He's bad at he's, cover. Like he, and the Dallas Cowboys need their linebackers to basically be like center fielders. They need to basically have them play coverage, side to sideline, get outside, because their pass rush is okay at best. So um all right folks that wraps it up for this edition of our Madden Rings for the rookie class for the first round, of course. Um uh check back in with us on Thursday, by the way. Also Click back on the giveaway if you haven't checked out the three uh the person with the closest and we get three guesses and you win a Kevin what is it a manscaped what's the package the ultra smooth package ooh that's a good one too it's expensive uh yeah so it's it's definitely a good value uh let us know and um Kevin got anything weird for me before we roll out of here I do not today also quiet day on the on the links all right last call here. Um, I'm going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers was, of course, on his little golf shindig with, uh, uh, DeChambeau and Tom Brady and Phil. And he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically the quiet off season was nice kind of getting things in order and being kind of relaxed and everything. And it was definitely the first public speaking he's had. And then you have uh, Bakhtiari, arguably one of the best characters at left tackle in the league, on McAfee's show, I believe it was yesterday's episode, Monday, saying, hey, listen, it's just like every offseason. It's the uh, Green Bay Rodgers. It's an Aaron Rodgers-dominated offseason. I feel so bad for every player in the Green Bay Packers. I really do. I don't feel bad for management. They got what's coming to them. I feel bad for Packers fans. Eh, I don't really feel that bad for Packers fans. They're irritating as hell. I feel bad for True Blue Packers fans, the ones who are – don't really know what Twitter is. They think it's that devil thing that's possessed by the Democrats. And uh, the ones that actually own stake in the company, the ones that, you know, have 18 different Brett Favre jerseys and have like a, like a tattoo of like Aaron Rodgers holding the Super Bowl trophy on their legs. I feel bad for those fans, but I feel the most bad for the players. I really think they're getting screwed here because or Dan Orlovsky, 
uh, friend of Belly Up was on McAfee, and he said, I quote, and I completely agree with this, the Packers are a below 500 to 500 team with Aaron Rodgers gone. If Jordan Love starts. And I'm completely, I'm completely on board with that. I think Max, they win nine games. Nine and eight. That's the best record they'll have. So with that in perspective, I feel bad for Devontae Adams, even though he'll probably get moved pretty quickly, maybe mid-season trade, but still. Um, I feel bad for Bakhtiari, who's on the back end of his career. I feel bad for Zadarius Smith. I feel bad. I don't really feel bad for Jared Alexander. He'll get moved. He's still a top 10 corner. He's, you know, young. I feel bad for a lot of these older guys, uh, a lot of these younger receivers like Lazard and Valdez Scanling and Big Bob Tunyon and Aaron Jones, who just signed a new contract. This man's fate with the Packers kind of controls how their careers are going to go. And, and, Orlovsky was right on point when he said they're going to have like a five win swing if Rodgers doesn't play for them. So that was just my little, uh, I feel bad for Packers players and diehard Packers fans. Cause if Aaron Rodgers does leave Packers management is about to just drop a nuclear bomb of crap on this organization for the next two years. So that is it. That is all. Hey boys, anything else? No, I'm with you. All right. Well, ladies and gents, that is this edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. A big thank you to our sponsors, Ballsy and Yeats. Um, of course, we love them both so much. Uh, thank you, of course, to Kevin for uh, coming through and Mr. Uh, my intern, Samir. Uh, Thursday, we're back. Live stream. It's going to be a good time, as always. Uh, episode 57, I believe. I have no idea who the fuck Kevin's going to pick for a number, because I don't even can't think of a 57 right now. But uh, I'm Jared. That's Kev, that's Samir, and we will catch you guys on Thursday. You guys have a good week. Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.